T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the WEEI Studios, the home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of the Christian Arcan Show is brought to you by McDonald's. Download the app, join My McDonald's Rewards, and start earning points good for free food every time you order. Excludes delivery. Download and registration required. And now, a Boston original on Boston Sports Original. It's Christian Arcan on WEEI. One at home against Cleveland, 23-10. Five straight wins for Cincinnati, and that'll do it. Here tonight, it wasn't always pretty on offense. There was more frustration for Mac Jones. They got the rookies involved with two rushing touchdowns, one by Harris, one by Strong. But the story of the night, the New England defense, six sacks, two takeaways, four stops on downs, one touchdown scored, and only one touchdown allowed. All right, it's your third and final hour here. It's me, Arkean Sports Radio, WEEI, taking you up until 4 o'clock. Then you got Brad Foe for two hours. Then we got uh, NFL football for the rest of the night. Pretty nice little Saturday here on the uh, on the network. Your phone number is 617-779-7937. Stiz behind the glass, by the way. Uh, I'll be taking your phone calls. You can find me on Twitter at Christian Arkean. This hour will be joined by Deuce, Mike Dussault, Patriots.com. Talk to him at 3.30. I wanted to... Uh, Preview Patriots Raiders here. But before I do that, another very dear friend of mine who used to call me all the time back in my first iteration at the station um, has something he wants to say about the Red Sox. So I'm going to, uh, just for the moment, postpone my big preview. And let's hear from David in Florida. David in Florida, what would you? what's on your mind, my friend? Good afternoon, Arkin. Good afternoon, David in Florida. It's good to hear from uh, you, man. Yes. Oh, you too. You getting your Christmas list together? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, first of all, were you and Fourier at, at Buffalo together at Colorado at the same time? No, he's way older than me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh. He's way older than me. He oh. was there uh he was there with like Rashawn Salam and the uh you know, Cordell Stewart. Like I was there I was there way after that. My first year was uh two thousand. I think his last year was ninety four. Ah, I see. So Pearl Street misses you guys, huh? Oh, absolutely. But uh, yes, you know my Christmas list. First of all, my Christmas list is is uh, even though I celebrate Hanukkah, my Christmas list is mm-hmm. first and foremost come um, come January first at the uh, at the hockey game at Fenway. I hope that that Hank, that's who I call the owner of the Red Sox, Hank, Hank. Henry John Henry Hank. I see. I get it. Okay, go Hank, ahead. 
Yeah. And I hope he gets booed to Kingdom Tom. Timbuktu. And I just hope it's relentless from the start of the national anthem to the end of the game. No matter who wins, who loses, I hope that that, that every fan there brings some kind of John, uh, anti John, uh, anti Hank sign and just boos him relentlessly because he deserves every, every every ounce of criticism he gets. Why are you so mad at John Henry, David? Uh, he's a coward. I mean, he's a narcissist. You know, everything he's done, he, he's the curse. Winning the three other types of series, it's all about him. He's, he's either afraid to speak publicly or he doesn't have enough respect for for uh, for Boston to do so. And either way, that's just a, a dangerous quality to possess if you're an owner of a professional sports sports franchise. David, thank he, you for the he, call. He, um, I appreciate it. Sorry, do you have one more thing to say? Go ahead. He, 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 he just has to go. Okay. And he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's just got his head up his butt. Okay, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I think that John Henry knows what he's doing. I think that he knows what he's doing. I just don't think that Red Sox fans particularly like what he's doing. And I don't think we like what Hyam Bloom's doing either. I don't know. What I'd like to know is, does John Henry like what Hyam Bloom's doing? Is that okay with him? Because that's really what matters, right? Like, when we talk about what a bad job Hyam Bloom's doing, we have to we have to look at it through the lens of, well, this isn't what the owner wants, right? Because if it was, then why does the owner want the team to shed all these great players and not have a high payroll and not do this and not do that? Like, why Why would the owner want that? Why would the owner not want a winning team? Why would the owner not want to sell Xander Bogarts and Mookie Betts jerseys and, you know, <laughs> whatever happens with Rafael Devers? I got to be honest with you, I'm not feeling super optimistic about it. I don't know how anyone could be about him signing any kind of long-term deal. I don't feel like anybody's going to sign anything with this team. This team, for some reason, has decided this year to do what they did in the John Lester thing. And I talked about this with Bradfoe a little bit last week. We didn't get this specific, though. Here's it, It's weird. Like When they have certain GMs, like Ben Jarrington, or in this case, uh, High and Bloom, they make up these random rules that don't necessarily like need to be rules, but they implement them and they say, this is a rule and we're going to follow this rule and you're going to have to put the team together based on this rule. Back in the uh, Charrington days, it was no pitchers over 30. It's a new philosophy in our ball club. We're not doing it. No pitchers over 30. Sorry, John Lester. We're trading you away. And then when you become a free agent the year after that, we're going to offer you a very insultingly low uh, offer and you're going to go sign somewhere else. No pitchers over 30. Then they bring in Dave Dombrowski. What's the first thing he does? He brings in David Price over 30 and trades for Chris Sale well beyond him being 30. You know, and I know he wasn't 30 when he got here, but you know what I mean. That thing went right out the window, as it should have. It was a stupid rule to begin with. No pitcher over 30 or what? What's going to happen if you sign a pitcher over 30? Oh, some of those years at the end might not be great years. Yeah, obviously. Duh. You're paying for the good ones up front. You're paying for those first three or four or five, which are certainly worth the money and certainly worth an extra two years at the end. By the way, what the hell do you care about seven years from now if the guy's good and delivers? And I know that the retort to that is, well, what about Chris Sale? Chris Sale signed another contract after he was injured and missed a whole year. Not the whole year, but most of the year. That's when they gave him the extension. No one was mad about the initial contract. No one was mad about what you, what you got him here with. It was the contract after that when he proved to everybody that he was a massive injury risk. That was the problem there. Um, Very, very different. And now what's the rule? Well, we're not going to do any big contracts. 
we're not going to do one of those 10-year contracts. Okay, well, have fun not signing anyone. If you refuse to do that, then you basically are refusing to get involved in any kind of high-priced free agent uh, race, right? Like, this, as I said, it's December 17th, and the baseball hot stove offseason so far has been dynamite. It's been really great. There's guys signing all over the place. Big money. Big names. Judge going back to New York was a big story. Like, all these guys are going all over the place, signing these big contracts, making teams better, creating all sorts of buzz and intrigue, and the Red Sox are just sitting there. The Red Sox are DFAing guys. (laughs) Like, you know, I understand. Yoshida, great. Then you had the DFA Downs to bring him in, and you had the DFA Hosmer to bring in this uh, pitcher you just signed or you just traded for, whatever it was. I, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I'm watching these, I'm watching these big franchise altering deals happen all around you and with players that were on your team and that you said were the number one priority for you. And I'm watching them go to your direct rivals. I'm watching Jose Abreu go to Houston. I'm watching Xander Bogarts walk out the door. I'm watching Aaron Judge go back to the Yankees at $40 million a year. I'm watching Correa. I'm watching all these guys. And I'm watching you do nothing. Ugh. Ugh. Is John Henry okay with this? Because if he is, then I don't blame Hyam Bloom. Because I don't think Hyam Bloom is trying to do that. I don't think that he's trying to screw this all up. I think he's been given sort of an order, and he's maybe not carrying it out the right way. But, you know, if there was if there was any chance that it was okay for him to sign one of those guys to big money, don't you think he would have tried? Don't you think we would have heard about an offer being out there on the table? Don't you think anything like that would have popped up by now? Nothing. They're not doing it. And John Henry's not stopping them. So you tell me. Buck stops with the owners, guys. I'm sorry. I don't think High and Bloom's doing well, and I don't necessarily think that this is the job for him. But I don't think that, uh, you know, I don't think that you can drop it all on his shoulders and say that this guy just doesn't understand how to put a team together. Clearly he understands how to put teams together. He's been doing it a while. And he put together a team that made it to the ALCS a couple years ago. What he's not being allowed to do, what it seems like anyway, is actually play at the table with the adults who are giving out big contracts and who understand the market and who understand that if you want a player who's, you know, maybe in his late 20s, early 30s and is considered a top player at his position, his agent, Scott Boris, is going to get him a 10-year deal or a 13-year deal, whatever kind of deal. It's happening. It can either be on your team or it can be on some other team. But someone's going to get this elite player. And if all the elite players keep going to other teams or teams that, you know, have the wherewithal to understand that, yeah, 10 years seems like a lot, but if these first six are worth it, then it's worth uh, spending this kind of money. Because at the last four, this wouldn't even be that much money. It's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating to see these same things pop up again. These same weird excuses about why you can't spend money. Like, who cares? Who cares that it's going to be 10 years? The only reason why I feel like you wouldn't want to commit to long contracts like that, and I remember thinking this back in, you know, 20, whenever it was, 2013 too, whenever the Lester thing happened. The only reason you don't want to go deep with these contracts is maybe because you want to have the team more primed to sell. Well, there's not as many big contracts. A lot of these guys are expiring. A lot of these guys are going to other teams. We've traded a lot of these guys away. There's not a lot of big money left on this roster. 
So if you were to put it up for sale, it might be a little bit more attractive. It's a theory I've read, and it's a theory I remember floating around in 2013. And I'll be honest with you, I don't buy into it that much. I don't think these guys are selling. I think they're buying. I think that, if anything, they're going to keep trying to buy more. I think they're going to go for NFL, NBA, whatever, whatever's out there. Because that's sort of the direction this whole thing's going. If you enjoyed the days of hands-on ownership, going the extra mile, going for that free agent, doing what it takes to put asses in seats and to win games and compete for World Series, and that being a year-to-year thing that they were, I mean, it didn't always work, but they were always right there in on, willing to compete with the Sharks. Used to be that the Sharks were the Yankees. Maybe they're Sharks again. I don't know. You tell me. A judge contract is what it is. But the real Sharks now, I feel like, are the Houstons of the world and the Padres of the world and, you know, the teams that are just going at the Padres are ridiculous. The Padres are spending historic money in, like, four different players. Correa just got the biggest deal any shortstop's ever gotten in terms of years and in terms of money. Like, it's it's the Wild West out there. And the Red Sox just aren't participating, you know? Like, it's one thing if you if you can't get everyone you want. It's another thing when you won't get the bat off your shoulders. And I like Kenley Jansen. I like that they address the bullpen. Sure, I do. But if that, that's it, I mean, if that's it, that's a... That's a small patch on a big hole, you know? Like you got you still got a lot of work to do. And I'm just not convinced that they're even willing to begin to do it. This is supposed to be a Patriots <laughs> topic. It's supposed to be a whole Patriots break. Um I guess we'll just push that to the next segment. Got a little worked up about the Red Sox there. And if you liked hearing me get worked up about the Red Sox, wait till you hear Rob Bradford, who's coming your way in about 45 minutes, the Bradfoe Show. Um, he's even uh, he's even more hot and bothered than I am. 617-779-7937, that's the phone number. Let's go to the phones. Jerry is in Framingham. Hi, Jerry. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Jerry. <laughs> so, uh, two things. First of all, I don't think a guy coming in Buying a team, let, let's just let's just spitball and say the team's three billion dollars. I, I have no idea what it would be, but let's just say it's three billion bucks. And mm-hmm. it's not just one guy; it's you know a, a a couple of guys together coming up with three billion dollars to buy a team. I don't think they're looking at you know we got 150 million in expiring contracts on the team. Oh boy, that is much more attractive now than it was ten minutes ago. I don't. I don't think it's a blip on their radar. Yeah, I, I really don't. Might not be. Uh, if you're comparing the the money that they're paying to purchase, as opposed to what's expiring, it's it's a drop in the bucket. Now, to Hein Bloom, why do we get so excited about this? The guy has a track record. He has demonstrated over his time in Major League Baseball who he is. He hasn't pretended to be anybody else. He's always a guy who has tried to put together a team. With a financial component in that equation, right. always, uh, every time. So why would we expect him to be any different here? Uh, no reason, except for the fact that this is a big market team with a big market budget. And the Tampa Bay Rays were most certainly not, and still are not, that thing at all. 
I think what they were hoping for with High and Bloom, what I was hoping for, I don't know what the ownership was hoping for. What I was hoping for was Theo Part 2, you know? Like a Theo Epstein type who understands the economics of it and understands how to, you know, stay within the confines, but also will go out there and make a bold move and uh, make a bold trade and, and really target someone and go out there and make a point of bringing that guy in. High and Bloom, I don't think, possesses that that killer instinct. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that the Red Sox aren't as attractive a, of a destination anymore. I mean, that's part of it, too. These players look around and see, you know, that Houston's in the in the mix as well. And you see there's teams out there willing to trade that are committed to winning. Xander Bogarts couldn't have said it any plainer than he did at his introductory press conference. This is a team that's committed to winning. And the team I was just on, they ain't. Uh, 617-779-7937. That's the phone number. Quick break. We'll get to the Patriots next. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Here's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. Brought to you by Burlington Lumber. Celtics lost to the Magic last night. 117-109 was your final score. Mo Wagner with 25 points. Flaming Mo, one of five Magic in double figures. Celtics will host the Magic again tomorrow afternoon. Bruins looking to extend their home point streak to 18 games as they host the Columbus Blue Jackets today. That game is currently in the third period. Bruins lead by a score of 2-1. to one. Both Bruins goals coming on the power play. David Posternock, number 20. David Krejci at the end of the second, number 9. Boone Jenner with his 11th goal on the year for Columbus. That was also on the power play. Red Sox traded for reliever Wyatt Mills from the Royals. Make room on the roster. They've designated Eric Hosmer for assignment. Patriots head to Vegas to play the Raiders tomorrow. Kickoff at 4.05. Devontae Parker, Isaiah Wynn, Jalen Mills, Damian Harris all ruled out. Ramondre Stevenson, Jack Jones listed as questionable. Jacoby Myers will play. Three NFL games today. One of them in progress right now. And it is a laugher. The Minnesota Vikings getting absolutely mollywopped by the Indianapolis Colts. 36 to 7 is your score in Minnesota. The Vikings, who are 10 and 3, by the way, against the 4 8 and 1 Colts, led by Matt Ryan, who are just dominating. 36 to 7 is your score. Three minutes left in the third. Uh, the Browns will host the Ravens at 4 30. We'll join that game in progress right after the Bradford show. And the Dolphins visit the Bills, kickoff at 8 15. A big AFC East matchup there. We'll also bring you that game right here on WEEI. Contractors, Burlington Lumber has everything you need to make your next project a success with a full line of buildings. Building materials, including Trex decking and its fully appointed kitchen showroom, Burlington Lumber has what you need. Visit Burlington Lumber today on the Middlesex Turnpike in Burlington. I'm Christian Arcand. It's what's trending now. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... 
they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back to Christian Arcan on WEEI. Obviously, he's kind of let my emotions get to me, but, you know, we're kind of playing from behind. And what I said was about throwing it deeper in the short game. You know, I, I got to execute that part better, but it's the short game that we kept going to, which was working. But I felt like we needed chunk plays, and, you know, I shouted that out to kind of get everyone going. And that's emotional. That's football. I'm passionate about this game. And um, obviously, you don't want to get your emotions, let, you know, get the best of you. But, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Like, it wasn't directed at anybody, just emotion coming out, and we kind of needed a spark. So um, when you're playing from behind against a really good team and a good offense, you need to go out there and make better plays, and, and that starts with me. So, <clears throat> three twenty-three here on Sports Radio WEEI. It's Arkan with you, taking you up until four o'clock. About ten minutes, we'll talk with Deuce, Mike Dussault, Patriots.com. It was Mac last week talking about getting emotional on the sideline. It's been an emotional week for the Patriots. And uh, Mac Jones, I think, is emblematic of uh, maybe uncomfortable truth that we're going to have to confront about this Patriots team, regardless of what happens tomorrow. I think that what happens tomorrow could affect this outcome slightly, but I think whether they win or they lose tomorrow, no matter what, there is, uh, we're too late into the season to ignore this anymore. And that's the fact that this might be a season that Bill Belichick's maybe lost his grip on a little bit. And when I say he's lost his grip on the season, what I really mean is that locker room may not be the type of locker room that he's used to. And I don't mean that the players aren't as good. I think that's it, but that's not what I'm saying. I think that's part of it. Like, the players aren't as good, but that's not what I mean. Whether the players have been better than this, worse than this, more talented, more higher paid, whatever, bigger names. There was almost always, with maybe a couple of exceptions, but almost always the sense that Bill was in control of what was happening in that locker room. He controlled the message, and he had just about everyone pulling in the same direction. And if there was ever anybody that wasn't, they got dealt with. And I think part of that's still happening. Kendrick Bourne, for example, has been dealt with and punished several times this year. <laughs> you know, like, you you see it with, with certain guys. Not all of them, but you see it with some of them. Um, You look at the things that Mac's been saying. You look at the outbursts on the sidelines. You look at not just uh, Mac's words and actions, but other players. Bourne, Aguilar. Um, Hunter Henry has had things to say. It's it's a new day. It's a new day in Foxborough. It's a new day in the locker room. And what this is going to really test more than anything else is how important all that stuff really was to begin with. Because my belief is that it's not so important. 
ruling your locker room like that with an iron fist and punishing anybody whoever looks at you the wrong way or you know makes a joke about Rex Ryan like in feet or whatever you know what I mean like benching Malcolm Butler for whatever that those reasons were all those things you know making sure that that's sort of the number one thing that people know who's boss and who's in charge and what this is all about you move away from that not because you want to but because you can't fire your whole team you just spent a lot of money on a lot of these players and these players are now not just unimpressed with being here in new england but maybe even in some cases a little disgruntled and that includes your second year quarterback that includes several of your second year wide receivers and tight ends That includes probably some rookies from this year. That includes a lot of people. I mean, there's, you know how I know? Because Mac Jones says these things. And never do we hear from any other players, yeah, you know, Mac was really out of pocket. (laughs) Matt was really, Mac was really off on his own there. No, no, no. It's full-on, full-throated support of number 10, which I look at and say, good. Because Mac Jones is probably going to be the quarterback of this team longer than Bill Belichick's going to be the coach. And I don't say that as a dig at Bill Belichick. I say that just as a guy who can look at a calendar, you know, and knows the age and contract situation of both people. I guess we don't know Bill Belichick's contract situation. We know he's making $20 million. We don't know how many years he has. We know how many years Mac has. And we know that Bill Belichick's 70-plus years old. Like, you know, what? Which one? which way would you be leaning? if you were a player on that team who just got there and it sort of seemed like, you know, a line in the sand was being drawn and you got to pick a side. I don't think anybody's saying bleep Bill Belichick. I'm not going to listen to him. But I think that there's sort of a understanding at the very least that the future of this team is more with 10 maybe than it is with the coach. And I wonder if that should even be the case. Is Mac the guy of the future? Is that the name that you feel good about beyond his rookie contract? Is that someone that you think the Patriots can trust uh, with the keys to this car beyond, you know, whatever whatever happens here with Bill Belichick? Because I know that we've made a lot about him losing Josh McDaniels. Imagine now Mac Jones, imagine if you will, it's like the Twilight Zone. Imagine if you will, Mac Jones with no Josh McDaniels and no Bill Belichick. Like, just think about what that might be like. We already see what happens when you sub out uh, Josh McDaniels for Matt Patricia. Now imagine subbing out Bill Belichick for Matt Patricia. I'm sorry if I just caused anyone to drive off the road, but, I mean, these are things you got to have to think about. I mean, this is the future. This is the team. These are the Patriots. It's not going to last forever. And it's already pretty much unraveling uh, from my perspective. Let's get the perspective of a guy on the inside. Uh, my good friend and yours. Deuce, Mike Dussault, Patriots.com, joins the program. Deuce, how are you, buddy? Hey, Arkan, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, This game uh, coming up tomorrow is, uh, I think we said this a couple weeks ago, but each one of these games suddenly becomes the most important game. Um, They were flexed out of primetime. Jedi versus the Master. I mean, this is really uh, a game that you look at all sorts of different national narratives and everything else, and yet... Uh, the NFL, in their wisdom, decided, no, we're going to go with the Commanders this weekend in prime time. Um, before we even get to any of the X's and O's or matchups or anything like that, um, what does getting flexed out of prime time mean for 
the Patriots, Bill Belichick, and this whole thing with Josh McDaniels, which I thought still, despite the records of these teams, kind of had some juice. And were we wrong about that? Is that not of national interest anymore? Well, it feels like the Raiders suddenly kind of got some of their juice back. I mean, it seems like Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller coming back. So, you know, I think some of that was based on this flat start that they've had. And, I mean, it's surprising, but haven't been able to close games out. But they clearly have the talent. I mean, you know, I, w- I was there this summer in Vegas watching the joint practices. And, I mean, these guys are loaded. I, I can't believe that, you know, I mean, you've seen the, the production across the board. Mm. Uh, it's still really good. It's just not translating to the winning, you know, to the win column yet for them. But, I mean, for the Patriots, it is what it is. Now, to win one of these big games in so long. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, that preseason game. I was there. We did that uh, game together. I think that was the Kenny Chesney concert, right? That was the one. I believe it was. Right, yeah. So there was Chesney at uh, at Foxborough. We were down in the dungeon there. And you and I and Paul and uh, Tamara, we all watched as the Vegas backups and third stringers really dog-walked the Patriots up and down the field that day. It's hard to it's hard to shake that image from my mind. You know, it was Jared Stidham and a bunch of tight ends I never heard. I don't even know if those guys made the team or not. But for me, like, I think of this game, I think of it as a winnable game. But I just, I can't shake that. I really can't. I feel like the Patriots haven't really gotten much better since that day. You know, like, they still seem like that same team. I went back and looked what I wrote after that game, and it's the same thing I've been writing about them this whole season. Just the inconsistency on offense, the mistakes. I mean, they just continued to linger here, and that, I think, is what is you know most, most jarring. This is supposed to be when they're playing their best football. So now, with these last four games, you're going to know exactly where these Patriots stack up in the AFC when this season ends. So it starts tomorrow. It's, it's a tough task with all the guys they got coming back. I, I expect them, just like you do, to come out firing. Yeah, I, uh, I certainly do, too. This game, I, I sort of, you know, remember in the in the glory days, obviously, teams would play the Patriots, and we'd consider it like, oh, well, that was the Super Bowl for Cleveland that year, the Super Bowl for whoever. I feel like that's gone except for this week. Like, this week, this is the Raiders' Super Bowl, right? Doesn't it sort of have that kind of feel for them, for Josh, and all those other assistant coaches that are on that roster? Like, how much of an advantage does that give them, do you think? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and I, I think even just, you know, going against their former team, going against Bill, we know guys always get up for that. But I mean, I think it's also that sense of, hey, if we had had all these guys here all season long, you know, the, the, the record might look a little different than it did. So I think that there is just as much for them to prove kind of why this season isn't indicative of the talent that they have. So uh, we'll see what kind of answers the Patriots have for, you know, their attack. I mean, already banged up in the secondary with Jalen Mills being ruled out. So uh, it's going to be tough to match up against these guys. When you look at the uh, at the win over Arizona, Deuce, and uh, the winnability of this game, which I think is still pretty high despite all the uh, all the coaches and, you know, the talent that they have on offense, those guys coming back. I mean, we're talking about a team that could be 8-6, and six, uh, maybe not this time tomorrow, but pretty close with really only one game left to win before they, I think, clinch a playoff spot. Uh, why does this feel so much of a downer then? Like, why, you know, like this is a, a team that could have real playoff aspirations, and if they beat the Raiders, just need to win one out of the last three. Why does that seem so impossible? Yeah, I mean, it sounds, it feels like we're standing on a cusp right now. And, like you know, like I said, it's, it's been a while since they've, you know, kind of upset a team, you know, that they won a game that they shouldn't have got, you know, straight up. The other team kind of had everybody that they were supposed to. The weather was normal. You know, it's been a while since they've gotten one of those kind of games and it's shaping up like that's what these last games are going to be. So I think this is what right where we're at right now, Arkan. I mean, this is it. You know, if they could knock off the Raiders, I do think that would, you know, qualify, especially with the guys they have coming back. But 
Um, you know, like you said, there are some opportunities maybe with the Raiders defense, but still I expect them to play, you know, really well. And you need to see a gear maybe or some kind of clutch second half that we haven't seen out of Mac Jones and the Patriots yet this year. We're talking with Mike Dussault, uh, Deuce of Patriots.com. Deuce, there's been a lot of talk this week about just what's going on in that locker room. It seems like uh, based on statements and reports that have come out from various outlets and statements from various players that uh, things aren't great, certainly not with the offense. A lot of talk about players holding coaches accountable, um, even talk of a full-blown rebellion going on there. How, uh, how real is, is that and uh, is what parts of it are being exaggerated, if any? Well, well, again, I mean, I think we're going to get a good sense tomorrow. I mean, you look back at this team, we, like we mentioned the Vegas trip you had earlier, you know, in the year, remember, you know, Trent Brown tweeting out, you know, I'm ready to go home at the end of that trip. Didn't go great. Went down to Miami early this year, you know, tried to get acclimated to, to the weather down there. That didn't go great. They didn't really come out so hot. So, you know, now we've had a week of them, you know, kind of being together, maybe away uh, so now you see, yes, you know, we've heard all the all, all the talk about, you know, what's going on with Mac and Matt Patricia and everything. So I think tomorrow will be indicative of how they're reacting to all this. And, you know, were they away? Did they kind of come together? Are they going to rally around each other and really, you know, make a statement here in these last four games? Or, you know, are they hearing that noise? Is that noise correct? Are they letting that, you know, eat them apart? And, you know, if tomorrow the Raiders come out firing and put out some points, is this a team that's going to be able to rally in those kind of circumstances and, and, and pull out a, a win that they you know desperately need at this point in the season? Deuce, it seems like the players in the locker room support Mac Jones pretty much uniformly. Is that a correct assessment? I would, I would say definitely, yes. And with that in mind, I mean, Mac's been combative, to say the least, with, uh, with certain coaches, and I know that that's part of the game sometimes, but it seems like some of that may have you know, progressed off the field. Does that create that kind of dynamic? Has there been sort of a line drawn in the sand here? I mean, we're, we're going to find out. I mean, I think this is something from Mac Jones that, you know, goes back to Alabama. This right. is how he is. He's fiery, wears his, you know, his heart on his sleeve, and, and certainly he's, he's not afraid to, to hold back. And I think he's growing into the position right now. So, you know, how is it going to work out on the field, though? I mean, I think what we all need from Mac right now it, and from Matt Patricia and the offense as a whole is to, you know, deliver on a big performance and, you know, in a clutch against a, you know, good team that, that knows them well. So uh, I think that, you know, as much talk as we've been getting all lathered up about this, I, really the truth is going to come over these last four games and how you stack up against, you know, not only the team in the AFC that went to the Super Bowl last year, but the two teams in the AFC East that have owned you in recent history. So, We'll see how they stack up and how this all comes together, but but clearly there are you know people who are fired up and, and want to, want it to be a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Deuce, before we let you go, uh, tomorrow it's obviously a high-powered offense there in Vegas. How do the Patriots' defense go about attacking them? Oh, man, I, I think just hold on. You know, don't let them <laughs> score big play scoring. You know, big, big scoring plays. I mean, you look at how much damage Adams has done through the through the air it's it's insane you know the long scoring play so i think you know if you can force them to execute you know continually they might get a little bored but again with renfro back potentially with waller back potentially um it, it's tough to, to really pick your poison not to mention you know the leading rusher on the, in the whole nfl that they have in the backfield that can also catch the ball really well uh and josh jacobs so um hold on try to you know keep it close and, and make plays at the end but uh i just unfortunately i see the Raiders kind of coming out with something to prove on offense and, and showing, you know, what they can do with that balanced attack. Are we going to see the Patriots rookie running backs uh, used a lot? Again, Harris is out, Stevenson questionable. You expect another big uh, day for them? 
Yeah, big challenge. Didn't see a lot out of them uh, really up until that point last week when they were pressed into action. And, I mean, you thought you had a lot of depth in training camp. You know, James White retires. Um, you know, Ty Montgomery gets hurt. So, suddenly these kids are kind of getting thrown into the fire. Strong is really fast. Uh, we'll see. I'd love to see him him break some plays. But they might be thrust into the fire here depending on what, you know, Stevenson can do with just one day as a practice. If he's, you know, even able to go, he'll probably be a game-time decision. All right, Mike Dussault, before we let you go here, I know you're going to do this tomorrow, but if we could get a preview of your uh, prediction for the game, that would be sweet. Yeah, I, I think I got the Raiders in this one. It's oh, going to no. be about 30 to, yeah, 30, 30 to 27. I think the Raiders pull it out. Um, but hey, the Patriots uh, scored know, 27. That's optimistic. <laughs> uh, I know, and, I, and that's, I'm saying that as you've got to find a way to get points against this, against this team to keep pace with them. All right. Well, then we'll leave it right there. Uh, Mike Dussault thinks the Patriots season is going to end tomorrow unceremoniously <laughs> at the hands of Josh McDaniel. That's tough. That's tough to have, you know, your playoff hopes dashed, and then there's Josh McDaniels dancing on your grave. That's That can't feel good, Deuce. <laughs> so the drama is thick. Hopefully, hopefully it goes the other way. Uh, hopefully it does. All right, Mike Dussault, thanks so much. Uh, great talking with you. Thanks, Arkin. All right. That is uh, Deuce there, Patriots.com, joining me here on the program, 617 779 7937 is the phone number. This uh Vikings Colts game just got pretty interesting. Um the Colts were li- w- winning 33 to nothing. It's now 36 to 21. And uh Justin Jefferson just scored on a red zone touchdown that I watched and I almost wept as I watched it because the Patriots haven't been able to run a play like that in the red zone in 14 weeks. And Justin Jefferson just did this crazy move on Steph Gilmore. Froze him right there on the goal line. And uh, caught the pass and basically moonwalked in. Um, it was it was something to see, uh, and it's something that you're not going to see with this Patriots team, unfortunately. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. That's your phone number. Quick break. We'll come back. I uh, hear what Rob Bradford's up to, and um, I don't know. Is Twitter about to be over? Like, is this it? Is he just going to start banning people who don't like him? Because I don't like him. I've tweeted I don't like. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't like him before he bought Twitter. So am I going to, like, is this it? Like, everyone who doesn't like him just getting kicked off of Twitter? Like, that sucks. We'll uh, we'll talk about that. And my man, Coach Prime, coaching his uh, last game with Jackson State, which is another great game. Uh, we'll hear from him before the game. He put on quite a show. We'll do all that next. Covering Boston sports and beyond, we're back to Christian Arcan on WEEI. All right, a couple minutes left here. Sports Radio, WEEI, it's Arkan. Thanks for uh, hanging out with me today. By the way, the Vikings are just had an interception. They're about to score again. <laughs> they come back and win. That'd be hilarious. Uh, Brad Post coming up next. Just talk to him. He's excited. He's got a big surprise for everybody. Um, let's go to the phones real quick. Johnny's in New York, and he tried calling earlier, but uh, got uh, caught up in one of the interviews. Johnny, what's up, man? Arcan the Baptist. What's up, my brother? How are you? <laughs> my son, thank you for calling. What's on your mind? Uh, well, my question, I got one for about Heim Boom, but also I'm trying to understand the, the benefit of throwing the fish hook in a, a bar fight or a hockey arena fight. What, yeah. why, why attempt that? I don't know. What's the, what's the pro to that? I don't know. I don't know what, like what, even if you get your, even if you get in there, best case I, scenario, what you pull on the guy's face a little bit. Like, I don't even see, I don't even see how that's going to help you that much. It's just, I don't understand it. Wild, wild move. 
It's the strange one. Yeah. And the oil change is hilarious. I was dying listening to that. But, and that, that even I'd be even more kind of confused about. You but, don't want to lose a finger in there. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm Bloom. You know, it's been such a disaster that I was just wanting to say, like, you know, if he's going to be active in the trade market, I would have to think other GMs would be looking at him like, dude, you're in a moment of desperation, and that's never when you want to try to get into a negotiation. I mean, the guy's got to be working for his job, at least you would hope at this point. He's doing such a bad job that I think he's going to have a hard time making any kind of good trade right now. And that's all I got for you, Arkan. Have a great week, and uh, I'll, I'll catch you next week. I'm Johnny, thanks for calling, man. Always good to hear from you. I think that High and Bloom, if they let him go, it would be like a mercy killing. You know what I mean? Like, I think if they let him go, he'd be relieved. He can't be enjoying this. There's no way. There's no way that High and Bloom is enjoying the process of, of this right now. I feel for him a little bit, too. I mean, I know things aren't really working out great right now, but he's only a year and a half or two years removed from an ALCS appearance. And since then, I don't think he was ever given the green light from his uh, from his boss to make a competitive offer to Xander Bogarts. I don't blame him for that. They could have made a competitive offer a long time ago. Them deciding not to was an organization decision. That wasn't a high and Bloom thing where Bloom was just like, nah, I don't think so. Sorry, Xander. Good luck out there. I, high and Bloom, have decided that we're not going to pay you. Like, come on, you can't, that's, that, you got to be gullible to think that. Sorry, Xander Bogarts, two-time World Series winning shortstop, who's still, from a batting average and many other metrics, a top five hitting shortstop in baseball, and in some cases, like a top two. I know he didn't hit a lot of home runs, a lot of RBI, but everything else, on base present, all that other stuff, was sky high. And uh, right up there with the Correas and the Swansons and everybody else in the world, all the top shortstops. He was right there, if not number one in a lot of those categories. I, high and bloom, have decided completely on my own and against the wishes of ownership that we're not going to make a competitive offer to you, Xander Bogarts. That's the way things work around here. Sorry if you don't like it. I have I hold all the power. Just me, high and bloom, I hold all that power. Just think about it. That doesn't sound right, does it? That doesn't sound realistic. That doesn't sound like the way things go anywhere, let alone with the Boston Red Sox. I don't blame him for that. I do blame him for some of the other things that happened this week. Like Eric Hosmer getting DFA'd. You traded for that guy at the deadline in a season that was still at the time reasonably competitive. You know, like, okay. Hope you got a great plan for first base then, guys, because, I mean, Hosmer wasn't good or anything, but what what do you have now? Are we back to Bobby Dahlbeck? You didn't get Jose Abreu. He went to a real team. <laughs> What's the plan? Um, would love to know that. And the DFAing of Jeter Downs, I mean, that one, that one I also have mixed feelings on too because, number one, I think Haim Bloom, the first thing he does when he gets here is he has to trade away Mookie Betts on a rental. Like, that whole thing was just really unfortunate. And all the proof I needed that this guy was hired to just come be a patsy while they, you know, work on their finances which I feel like is the only thing that's really happened here. Um, you come in and do that, fine. You're in a bad spot anyway. But now you're DFAing the prospect, like the key prospect in that deal. Verdugo was an MLB-ready player. Jeter Downs was the prospect. 
Wong was the throw-in. Like you, there was there was some. There's a little bit of uh, of drama attached to that DFA. That's one that sort of you look at that and you think, yep, that's that's Bloom. Xander Bogarts, no competitive offer, not Bloom. Jeter Downs, that's the guy you identify. That's the prospect you brought in. That's the best you could get for Mookie Betts, and now you have to DFA the guy. That's on you. And I think even some of the people like me who feel for High and Bloom and feel like he's been sort of put into a bad spot, even even people like me had to look at that one and say, yeah, that's uh, that's there's no there's no dressing that one up. You can't put lipstick on that pig. I'm sorry. Uh, that's just the way it is. Um, do we have time for Dion? Probably don't, right? Yeah, you do can we? Squeeze, we can always squeeze Dion. So Dion Sanders uh, coached his last game for Jackson State. They're playing in some bowl game. I forget who it's against. They just had a crazy touchdown at the end of regulation to force it into overtime. Listen to Dion. He's going to Colorado, my alma mater, and this is Dion talking to Jackson State for the last time before the game. Okay, you couldn't really you couldn't really come through there in the audio, but Deion Sanders was weeping. I mean, he was trying to he was trying to you know make one last speech for his team, but he was very upset, beside himself. What Tupac song I think best encapsulates that? You know how he walked into the Colorado meeting, he walked out to like all eyes on me or whatever. What Tupac song do you play to your team right before you coach your last game and then leave to make $5 million? <laughs> like Picture Me Rolling maybe? Or like... Yeah, that's actually perfect. <laughs> that is so perfect. Picture Me Rolling right out of Jackson State. <laughs> out to Boulder. You play that maybe. You notice that like the last two times Deion Sanders has had to uh, talk in front of a bunch of college football players, he's basically ruined their day. <laughs> he walks into Boulder, he stands in the room, and he's like, I'm getting rid of all you guys. <laughs> Every single one of you, except Fourier's kid, you're all out of here. <laughs> I'm kicking you all off the team. You're all getting cut, and I'm bringing in all these other guys. And then he goes to Jackson State, and he's like, you know what, guys? I'm leaving. I'm going to Colorado, making $5 million. Good luck with whoever your next coach is. Uh, I'm out of here, and uh, let's win this last game. I feel like he's just going around delivering a lot of bad. He's like Ken Laird. He's just going around giving bad news to everybody. Shots fired. (laughs) That's it. He's just knocking on doors. Sorry, guys. Bad news. That's it. That's Dion for you. That's what's going on. Anyways, uh, that's just about all the time I have here uh, today. I want to uh, to say thanks to John Corrales. For joining me, I also want to say thanks to uh, Mike Dussault, uh, dues from Patriots.com. Uh, we have Bradfoe coming up next, and then we have uh, sort of an interesting thing happening after that. Bradfoe's coming on. Uh, he'll be taking you up until uh, 6, and then we'll jump right into uh, this football game. So you'll have um, Bradfoe for a couple of hours, and then that will be uh, joining the Baltimore-Cleveland game in progress, followed by Buffalo and Miami, which is uh, kicking off at 8.15. All of that will be right here on uh, Sports Radio WEEI. So you got a pretty good rest of the night here, guy. A pretty nice little Saturday night. Um, that's uh, that's the way to do it, I would say. So uh, there you go. All right, once again, I'm uh, Christian Arkant, and I want to say thanks again to my guests, all the callers, all my new Twitter followers, and, of course, uh, big thanks to you, Stiz, for a uh, great job behind the glass. I will talk to you on Monday.
and I may be talking to you for a couple weeks. <laughs> it's uh, maybe talking to you a lot in the uh, in the upcoming weeks. So uh, looking forward to that as well. Brad Foe's next. I'm out. Talk to you later. Bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.